Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Carry On Cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church. You get to hear the pastors talk about the upcoming preaching text and uh, sometimes get a little sidetracked along the way, but most of the time we stay on task. Hi, I'm Pastor Megan, and I'm here with Pastor Kevin and, and Pastor Eric. Oh, folks, it's good to be together with you today. It is. I hope you are enjoying uh, your chores or your walk or your commute home or whatever it is you're doing as you're listening to us. That's right. Folding laundry. The laundry that doesn't yeah. actually get put away by itself. No, someone has to do it. <laughs> magical laundry fairies. May may we narrate well your magical laundry fairy work. Yes, please. <laughs> 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 yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, friends, I don't know if you've heard, but there is stuff going on at Easter these days. One Easter. Woo! One mission. Yes. It's uh there's a lot. It's really fun. It's really exciting. It's a little wild. Um, just a reminder uh, that this coming Sunday is indeed Commitment Sunday. That means it's the Sunday that we are inviting you to bring in your commitment card. Um, if you didn't get one at the uh, One Easter Festival on Sunday, make sure you get uh, one either from the office or you go uh, to easter.org slash one site so you can fill it out digitally, whatever it is, you can let us know uh, what you have prayed about and thought about and considered the gift that is right for you and your household. Uh, remember, too, that it's the capital appeal, of course, but it's also uh, the annual appeal because the work of Easter continues on year after year, no matter what. So thank you for continuing to take what God has given you and to share it with what God is doing here at Easter Lutheran Church. Just, wow, just a real pleasure. Oh, and Pastor Eric, there's the, the prayer vigil coming up on Saturday, right? Yes, March 2nd. Um, <clears throat> 2 to 5 p.m. It's uh, I like how you said it on Sunday. Think of it as kind of like an open house. You can come for the whole time. You can uh, come for however long it's fulfilling for you. There will be multiple stations. There will be kid-friendly activities. Just a really uh, beautiful event at the, during this point in the in the campaign to also focus on our, the spiritual aspects of what we're doing. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that one of the Things that was really meaningful for me, for instance, when I was, you know, deciding what my family and I, how we would be a part of this financially, we had a lot of lead time because, you know, I've <laughs> been talking with folks about this for a while. And so my husband and I had a lot of time to uh, talk about our giving, talk about our finances, pray about it, revisit the conversation. And so w we hope you all are doing that as well. And we hope that this prayer vigil helps you do that, gives you a little yeah. space to reflect on that. Yeah. And it's um, going to, there's some nice touches that will help you reflect on uh, what uh, the hillside has meant to this congregation and our mission and ministry over all these years. Um, and yeah, just to be able to reflect on that and, and the part that will, it will mean to uh, move on from uh, having the two locations. Yo, what's a, what's a prayer vigil? Oh. <laughs> I mean, literally. I, you know what I mean? Well, like yeah. seriously, like we Good we don't call. do this that's a on great the question. regular. We don't do it on the regular. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is something, sp but that's the point is that mm -hmm. this is something really special that we might actually take time to do. So, why would I carve out time mm -hmm. to come to this open house prayer vigil? Yeah, and it's uh, that's a great question because it's not like vigils that I have heard of in the past where everyone signs up you know like the easter vigil and you you take an hour of time frame and we pray straight for 24 hours while we're waiting for the resurrection celebration no this is like i said more of an open house so you will move there will be three 
different stations set up in the hill building and you'll be able to pray uh, by walking a labyrinth or pray in the sanctuary with uh, items from our worship at the hill over the years um, like the baptismal font and the altar and um, we'll focus on the elements of worship and then there's a, another area where it's much more kid friendly there will be crafts so you'll be um, you know all prayerfully doing all these activities but it's not going to be just sitting quietly praying to yourself or all chanting together anything like that yeah i mean i think i've, I've experienced uh different kinds of prayer vigils and mostly the, the hope is calling a community together in really intentional prayer right there there are lots of ways to do that some of it involves lots of chanting together um some just, of it I can't kevin wanted to do the chanting i can't even look at these two i can't even look at these two but that's yeah. I think we've got a really formal idea of what a, a vigil is. Gregorian chant. Oh my yes. gosh! But how cool would that be That'd if we be could cool. pull that off? I'm here for that. <laughs> that might be amazing. Ben. Yeah, Ben. ben get, get some Gregorian <laughs> chant together. <laughs> but just whatever. I mean, that's part of the reason Gregorian chant is a thing. Is yeah. that is what that community needs to gather together intentionally in prayer, right? Like that's how it works in that context. I think this is pretty true to Easter's context. What's going to call us together as people? What's going to get us focused on this project and what God is up to? Something like this sounds fantastic. Thank mm-hmm. you for, for letting us know. Thank you uh, to all of you as well, because I know you'll show up and I know you'll be a part of it and I know it'll be meaningful. Um, because this work is important and it's so amazing that we get to do it together. Um, hey, another thing we get to do together transition is read the text for this week and here's the deal with this text y'all is that it is going to be super duper familiar and i know that this happens with gospel texts you go oh i feel like i've heard this one um because you have yeah you have um but i really hope you will listen uh with with fresh ears that you will not tune it out that you will sink into these words because i think they are Man, this is a core of the gospel kind of situation for me. So, um, mm-hmm. hey, Pastor Eric, would you yeah. read the lesson for us? I would love to. Mark chapter 12, beginning at verse 28. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, he asked them, Which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right teacher. You have truly said that he is one and besides him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any question. The gospel of our Lord. Intense. Uh, (laughs) Pastor Kevin, was it you who was pointing out in the podcast before the podcast that um, this is the only one who gets praised in his uh, debate with Jesus? Correct. And I love it because like at the end, it's still like nobody asked him anything. This is serious. Mike, this is the end. Like, okay, I'm not supposed to ask anything, but you know, 
basically Mark 12 is Jesus first telling a parable, kind of inviting us to a vineyard where we get to kind of see his role as son of God. And well, surely they won't mess with the son. They can't do that. And then he has these different groups of people who come up and try to question him. Pharisees, Sadducees, and now a teacher of the law. So this is, there's three kind of pieces that are kind of going on here. He's responding to all of these objections to his identity of who he is as he's kind of pulling back the curtain slowly to show us more about who he is. But then we get to this part here too where this teacher of the law comes up and and basically reaffirms what Jesus says in this and Jesus praises him. This is the only time that someone, you know, I'm going to say the opposition, but basically who is challenging Jesus or asking Jesus these questions, um, you know, gets praised. And I think it's it's just worth noting then we probably should go back and look at what the answer he gave is and maybe we say, oh, maybe I should answer Jesus in some similar fashion, right? <laughs> that might be a, a wise way to go. Yeah, if people who are uh, inclined to pick a fight with Jesus find yeah. themselves saying the right answer, yes. perhaps I, who wish to follow Jesus, Correct. could take notes. Yep. And what is and what is it that we've been given? Um, note, friends, that Jesus is not making this stuff up, right? Especially uh, the part from uh, verse twenty-nine here: "Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one." That's known as the Shema because that's the first word of it in Hebrew, and this is like. This is the A1 gold standard platinum plan, how much diamond level. This is the, this is the commandment. Jesus isn't making it up. He's pulling it mm -hmm. out of the Torah. So mm -hmm. he's not just saying, "Hey, you better love God." He's he's citing scripture. He's mm -hmm. quoting what he should. Um so it, it, this is something that a scribe would care about, right? Like this is someone who is a, a, a lawyer, a teacher of the law. Uh, he would know that Jesus isn't just kind of pulling this out of his pocket and saying, let's try this one on. Um, but, he, but he knows his stuff. He knows his background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he cares about the letter of the law. And so Jesus gives it right back to him, which is pretty powerful, mm -hmm. you know, because at some level he could have, Jesus could have said whatever he wanted to say. And yet he chose in that instance to quote scripture back and such a central one to Jewish identity and Jewish sense of self and covenant. I mean, it all kind of rolls together there. Um, and I always think it's so interesting that in this command, right, is you know the, obviously there's an invitation part which is to listen but then love is the command which i've always kind of wrestled with a bit it's like yeah. how do you command someone to love you mm. but yet that's the invitation here right and it's throughout the whole thing and it starts first with our relationship with god and then it flows out into our relationship with the, our neighbors around us right but what do you guys make of that i mean when it says love god like <laughs> that feels so broad sometimes, yeah. Yeah. you know, and yet maybe that's kind of the point. But I always wonder, can God command us to love God? I <laughs> guess so. Well, it's and like this is a this is a guideline for how to how to live as one beloved by God as well, right? Like, so we're Lutherans, so we're gonna all read that through a little bit of a Lutheran lens. Um, I'm never going to fulfill this commandment in its perfection. Right, because I am a depraved sinner. <laughs> Who on my You're own? You're not alone. I, <laughs> <laughs> Me three. <laughs> 
So I so I know that you know God can say, "Hey, you're, you're supposed to be loving me," and I can be like, "That's cool. There's a shiny thing over yeah. here that's going to take <laughs> right. my attention instead." Um, so for me, the invitation is as much to remind myself that like. My, God's love is what has done the work. Mm-hmm. I get to be called into a life that that lives like that's true, mm-hmm. right? So how am I going to live in ways that that live into this love that God has for me, and and ultimately that I also have for God because I am grateful for the work that God has done for me. So I'm going to live. I'm going to live like I love God. I'm going to show up for worship. I'm going to take time for prayer. I'm going yeah. to make sure I'm you know getting into Scripture and hearing what God's Word can do in my life. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to take my faith life seriously, mm-hmm. and and I I'm going to mess it up because God can command me to love God, and I can still be like. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm a human. Um, it's all laid out there yeah. for you. Yeah. You you know what you should do. You, yeah, the point isn't that you're going to do it, but this is the clear path and instruction laid out for us. For me, I hear Easter's mission statement very much in this breakdown, right? We, are, we grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Uh, we love God with all our heart, soul, and strength. Well, that's a growth in faith, right? For me, that's that reminder that I'm never going to reach perfection. I'm never going to land the plane. I'm never going to get it right. But I I do have the opportunity to continue to grow, right? Like mm-hmm. I can always be learning more, um, growing deeper in my relationship with God. And then there's the loving your neighbor as yourself. For me, that's carrying on the work of Jesus Christ. How am I serving my neighbor? How am I caring for my neighbor? How am I sharing the good news with my neighbor? That's carrying on the work of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's showing my neighbor love, I think. So, um, man, I, you know, I don't know how God can command me to do a thing, especially when God knows full well I'm not mm-hmm. capable of it. But I I might be a mess up, but it doesn't mean that God can't still have standards. <laughs> well, because if you're not doing these things, then what are you doing? Yeah. And so that's, you know, again, if it, this is laid out for you, that this is what you should be doing. Because otherwise, there are lots of other choices out there that uh, are far from God's commandments. And that are way shinier. And I like sure. the shiny things. Ooh, boy. Sure. Mm-hmm. I am quite the raccoon when it comes to finding <laughs> something else to distract me. What's that squirrel I, over there doing? I thought it was interesting, too, before we started recording, you guys were mentioning, too, um, in comparison with the burnt offerings. Like, these are hard things to, to – it's not totally clear. It's not like step one, two, three, four, five, where the burnt offering is very clear. You know, you you can in, in when that was the practice, you could give your burnt offering and know that you you met the obligation. Then you could go home, and that's this is now a way of life. It's yeah. not so simple. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because that's what the scribe says. Like, ooh, yeah, you're right. This law is way more important than burnt offerings, which is a bummer. Because would you guys not rather just yeah. go? Oh no, I messed up. Uh, here is my burnt Here's offering. The instruction. Follow the rules. Yeah. I have shaken the dust off my feet, and I can go mess up all over yeah. again. I don't have to change anything. I don't have to fix anything. I don't have to apologize. I don't have to try harder next time. I know that I have cared for myself. Forget all y'all. I'm going to go on my merry way. And I'm I'm not saying that that's necessarily what this scribe was up to. And it is a it is a much harder standard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're free to to follow this way of life 
knowing that we won't always get it right because God has taken care of our salvation for us. It's not about our actions anymore. Mm-hmm. We are doing this after the fact that we we have been made aware of the good news of Jesus Christ and that he's freed us to love and serve our neighbors which and is love a, God. Which is a perfect thing to remember in this Lenten season, right? Like that's what we're trying to walk Mm-hmm. Um, in these 40 days is that reminder that, you know, we cannot do this on we, our own. We've never been able to do this on our own. We have always been dependent on God. And and because of the promise of Easter, God has made known to us in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? So um, that p- timing is perfect for a text like this one. Yes. Um, I also think it's, the timing is right for a text like this one when it comes to the capital appeal part, because, you know, why is it that we're really hoping to invest in our facilities in this way? Well, because we love God, mm-hmm. we want a place yeah. where we can worship, where we can pray, where we can, you know, be a faith community together. We want to be able to live that out. We love our God with everything we are. We also want a facility that helps us continue to serve our neighbor. I mean, I think that that's probably one of the top things I hear people say about why they love this church yes. is how much it cares about you know, truly loving and serving our neighbor. Um, and we want a facility that helps us do that. So to, to be reminded that this is what we're about. This is what this is the filter we're mm-hmm. putting everything through, right? Um, I think this is yeah. the right time to hear a text like this one. Good point. Yeah, it, it, the one Easter, one mission um, is kind of the embodiment here among the people of Easter of exactly what we're reading about. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a yeah. Great um, a few just little, you know, little ending notes on the text here. One is that if this text is familiar to you, one, it's because, gosh, you've probably heard it a lot because it's a good one, right? But two, because it also appears in uh, only moderately different versions in both Matthew and Luke. However, where is it that Luke goes immediately after this story? The scribe has a, a second half to the story in Luke. This is where we get the Good Samaritan story. The scribe says, and who is my neighbor? Mm-hmm. Continues to try to poke, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to get it out of Jesus. And and in the answer to that, Luke tells us that Jesus gives a story about the, um, the Samaritan, the outsider, the least expected one, being the one who shows love and compassion for a person who, were the roles reversed, probably would have ignored him and left him to die. Mm-hmm. Um, so Luke goes there with this story. Uh, Mark does not. Mark just keeps marching all <laughs> along. Uh, he's teaching in the temple, and now all of a sudden we're talking about the son of David, and yo, oh my gosh. Um, and, and Pastor Kevin, you had a really interesting note, I think, about um, about this text as well. Yeah, you know, the it's so striking when you read this because he gets into this burnt offering thing, mm-hmm. and we don't we don't have a system like that today. Like we have barbecue, we do not do burnt offerings. Very different, <laughs> right? Very different. Very jam. different. Yep, Smoked yep. meats, that's good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> charred, burnt ends. I don't know, but just more to the point that even though that there seems to be a very different system in scripture, and it's like, well, that was in Jesus' day. But we still have ways that we try to make offering for things that we have done, <laughs> try to make up for things or, you know, try to appease things in our own heads. It's like, well, if I if I just throw some cash at this, then the problem goes away or I feel better about myself or, you know, you, you know what I'm kind of going along here. 
but in we still have this kind of system even in our own heads and even though he kind of lands back there what he makes the distinction is is that loving god and loving our neighbor is still going to be better than any sacrifice that we can come up with any anything that we do on our behalf to what pastor megan and pastor eric were talking about there's nothing we can do it's about what god is doing and god even gives us that gift of faith and love in one another so yes. it's interesting that even though the scholar was asking for a direct answer in a system of his day we still can apply it to today because we still struggle with this ourselves of trying to figure out how do I pay off something for dealing with my guilt or whatever struggle we've had in our life. Um, but love is always going to be the way. <laughs> and that's what we see in Jesus. That's what he presents to us. But it's interesting because Jesus frames the whole thing in a positive way. Right? Right, right? Love God love your neighbor well in the jewish tradition that jesus was steeped in and grew and again we cannot understand jesus apart from being a jew that's just who he was and um he would have heard the teachings of famous rabbis like one called hillel maybe you've heard of hillel that's a famous campus ministry name for our jewish brothers and sisters on many different college public college campuses and such but anyway rabbi hillel had this saying which i felt like is the other side of the coin maybe from what jesus was saying and i'm curious what the two of you would have to say about this uh rabbi hillel says what is hateful to you do not do it to your neighbor that is the whole torah mm. what is hateful to you do not do it to your neighbor mm -hmm. that is the whole torah what do you two kind of make a your actions have consequences right so yeah. choose the right actions and don't and don't just do something that you think is nice that unintentionally smacks someone right in the face right or intentionally does it um <laughs> keep in mind that that it is not just the positive end of the statement but it is also the negative end of the statement just as you are called to, to love your neighbor as yourself you're also called to not do anything to anyone else that you wouldn't want someone to to do to you if you find a thing hateful why would you impose it on someone else mm. that's just silly <laughs> toddlers know that they don't do exactly. a great job of it but they know it we learn this in kindergarten right mm -hmm. and it's I, I've never, that struck me, Pastor Kevin, so um, I, I just, it meant so much to me because I don't think I've ever heard this commandment. And also on the flip side, here's the other ditch. Don't just strive for love, but also strive not to do <laughs> a terrible thing to someone else because you also know that you know full well it's terrible. You don't have to pass it on. Um, you know, I think about things we say to each other like, well, I had to go through that, so they should have to too. No, 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 no. You knew it was bad then. Why would you want to do it to someone now? Right. No, no, no. Love your neighbor as yourself, my friends. A mm -hmm. um, hard, hard standard to hold to. Oh, boy. Let's leave him with that, huh? <laughs> Don't mess it up, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. It's the whole point <laughs> of Lent. Got this. Realizing how hard it is so that we can celebrate all the more the gift that we know in Jesus. And that brings us right to the end of our podcast, friends. Thanks for being here at the Carry Oncast, uh, part of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is indeed to grow in faith and carry, carry on. on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, folks.